psychologist in Toronto, Ontario. Today I have me joining, or I have the pleasure of adding special guest, Amira Ajnarain. She is a psychologist and who just joined my practice in Toronto, Ontario. She is the guru and expert on marijuana allergies. So I thought this would be a timely topic with the recent legalization. Amira, tell us about yourself. Yeah, so thanks so much for the great introduction. Um, as you mentioned, I am a new allergist joining your practice. So I trained at SickKids and um, did pediatric allergy and immunology. Um, and yes, cannabis has been a really hot topic, even in pediatrics, given now its legalization and increased use in, in children and adolescents. So yeah, I'm definitely very interested in this topic and looking forward to talk a bit about the allergy component too. Yeah, so uh, marijuana, uh, for those that are listening in, was legalized in Canada uh, quite some time ago, and now we have laws in each specific province, just like a few states in the U.S. do. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, one thing I find unfortunate, though, with all this is that uh, because everyone's allowed to smoke in public places, I have to smell it on my workouts and everywhere I kind of go. Uh, you know, the only place that's prohibited is playgrounds and, and uh, child park areas and schools. So, um you know, obviously it's a respiratory irritant, uh, but, you, you know, Amira, why don't you tell us more about the, uh, you know, some of the type A or predictable dose-dependent side effects of marijuana versus, uh, you know, our world, the type B or bizarre reactions or hypersensitivity reactions later on. For sure. So um, for people, as you mentioned, uh, marijuana can be smoked um, as well as eaten in terms of a more recreational setting. Um, some of the known side effects um, after eating or smoking it um, are cardiovascular. So for your heart, you can have the sensation of having a really fast heart rate, and it actually can be quite fast. Your blood pressure can go up. can affect your lungs, um, causing increased um, respiratory rate, as well as um, it can affect your eyes, where you will get redness of the eyes. Um, in terms of your GI tract, you can get very dry mouth, increased appetite, um, and, I, and people always talk about the munchies, so that's kind of a known side effect where people will feel very hungry and in some cases eat a whole pizza. Um, and then you can also have... <laughs> <laughs> that's a story I told Amira about my first experience. Uh, I ate an entire large pizza and went to bed and I thought, you know what, I'm never going to do this again because I will gain way too much weight. <laughs> So, yeah, I thought that was quite funny because, uh, yeah, whole pizza is quite a, a lot to eat. And then the last one is kind of neurological. So um, you can have very slurred speech, slower thought processes, um, it, like uh, kind of clumsiness as well. Uh, so that's one of the things, even in Ontario, if you're from around here, you'll see a lot of ads um, talking about not smoking and driving as it can affect your ability to think cognitively. So that's yeah, kind of the, the no psychomotor of impairment uh, is quite mm -hmm. uh, profound. Um, and, you know, the, the eyes you mentioned as well, like, you know, this is a common reason why people get uh, Visine eye drops uh, or NAFCON eye drops, which are vasoconstrictors, uh, which work to constrict the blood vessels to get rid of the red appearance. But really, it's not uh, doing anything for the underlying cause. Uh, in terms of the inflammation and uh, uh, the other changes that can occur in the eye. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, sorry, sorry to interrupt there, but... Uh, no, no, I, no, that makes... It's totally something that's valuable to think about. It's more like of a Band-Aid um, effect. And, and, you know, just all these things I talked about um, with the heart and the lungs and the GI tract, those are short-term side effects. But I think it's important for people who are listening to just also know the long-term side effects of heavy marijuana use, especially in children and adolescents. 
um, you know, there's a, a higher level of addiction, altered brain development. There's actually um, outcomes showing a reduced IQ. People have changes on their MRI um, and diminished life satisfaction. And we've actually had a few cases, even at Sick Kids, where patients, children will find cookies and brownies and will accidentally consume it and then end up being intoxicated with the marijuana and coming to the hospital. So just, you know, if people are using it with legalization, just knowing that there are long-term side effects um, on the brain as well, not just having a red eye or the munchies for the night, you know? Yeah, for sure. One of the, the you know, comments that uh, uh, one of my good friends uh, who works as a plastic surgeon made was that uh, he's found that heavy marijuana users, it actually affects uh, anesthesia and uh, results in some uh, post-anesthesia complications where people, uh, you know, the dose titration it, it can go off and uh, patients end up moving in, uh, in the operating room and table, uh, resulting in, you know, dehiscence of wounds or basically surgery gone bad because the patient's moving. Um, so these are some other effects that I think uh, some listeners may not be aware of that, you know, there's mm-hmm. there's real impact to uh, using this and it's... Uh, it's a, it's a drug essentially with a lot of unknown uh, pharmacokinetic and pharmacodynamic properties. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's that's a good point. And I think given that now it's much more prevalent and, and, and used, I think we're going to continue to learn some more of the potential side effects that maybe just haven't been studied as well before. Um, I think from an allergy perspective, there's a lot to talk about here. Um, and so, yeah, the, I mean, the bizarre I allergy world, uh, which is, you know, all the hypersensitivity reactions. So tell us about that. Yeah. So, um, you know, the first ever kind of anaphylaxis, sorry, allergy or hypersensitivity reaction reported with cannabis was back in 1971, actually, which I was actually surprised to learn that it was that long ago when um, a woman had actual anaphylaxis from it. And then since then, especially with the increased um, use, more and more hypersensitivity type reactions have been um, discussed. So I think um, just kind of getting to know the area, some of the more common ones um, are things like, you know, rhinoconjunctivitis, or that's another way of saying kind of like the hay fever symptoms of itchy eyes and runny nose and runny eyes. Um, So, you know, patients that smoke it or eat it or even are around it um, sec- like as a secondhand type thing can complain of having that those symptoms so itchy eyes runny nose and um, it'll, it'll act similarly to like pollen allergies such as trees or grass so that's one of the more common ones um, it is I called grass for a reason right um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know the uh, you know there's different parts of the marijuana uh, that we were talking about as well maybe you could uh, mm-hmm. t- elaborate on the on the different parts and where the allergens, uh, differential allergens are located. Yeah, that's a that's a good good idea. So um, cannabis itself, you know, there's different parts as you mentioned. So there's the actual there's the stem, um, which is where the hemp mainly is, and a lot of people use that for, for example, ropes and paper, um, fiber, etc. Is where the hemp is, and then there's the leaf where you can. Ha- it's it's also known as like the cannabis sativa, which is a type of strain, and then you actually have the flower. Um, where there's the actual bud, um, which is the main area that um, for marijuana allergy, um, there's a lot of, you know, area for like allergen protein. So that's the main thing we're talking about today when we're discussing um, the hypersensitivity. And then within the the bud, there's kind of two major types of strains. So you can have sativa or indica. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing no, it right. Stevia, I think, but yeah. It's stevia, okay. Um, I'm not sure either. Yeah, you're clearly an expert with your full pizza. But, um, hi, so we basically that one has low kind of CBD, um, which is the more um, kind of the oil anti-inflammatory part of it. And then there's indica, which is 
has like moderate THC, which is the active psychoactive component, and then it also has CBD. So, so those are the different parts of the actual plant itself that um, we're talking about today. Um, so I think just as you mentioned, it, it is grass, like they call it grass for a reason, because um, with the increased use of it, there's something called cannabis fruit slash vegetable syndrome. So what's very interesting is like within the, um, the bud or where the allergen is, they've actually been able to identify the allergen and it's um, a nonspecific um, LTP, which is a type of protein that's actually cross reacting with other fruits and vegetables. Yeah, lipid so transfer protein. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes, lipid transfer protein. Thank you. I have to get better at. Yeah. No, it's just more. this is for the general public, so I just want to yeah. keep it real. Uh-huh. Keep it real. Yeah. So basically, it's a protein that um, is found in other fruits and vegetables. So interestingly, patients that have cannabis hypersensitivity or a reaction or allergy to cannabis can also have symptoms um, to other things. So things include things like peaches, tomatoes, banana citrus foods like oranges, um, peanut, kiwi, as well as uh, some reports in alcohol and um, beer. And then the last one is patients have also found it in nicotine. So that's a very interesting and new phenomenon that's kind of emerging where patients who have had maybe longer use or exposure to cannabis, whether that's in a recreational setting or even, you know, in, in terms of like, if, for example, they've reported in police officers who are handling it or patients who are hemp workers um, who are touching the hemp seed themselves um, have demonstrated itchy things such as oral allergy syndrome, where you're having maybe itchy mouth or um, weird sensation in your mouth when you're eating some things like tomato or peaches. And then they've been able to track down and find that the, the allergen is actually from the cannabis. So that's a very mm-hmm. interesting phenomenon. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking earlier in clinic today uh, about the uh, bronchodilator effect uh, of uh, uh, marijuana. So sometimes mm-hmm. you get the perception that, uh, you know, if you have asthma, that things are better you feel more relaxed, air, more air is going in. But paradoxically, in the long run, uh, you have uh, the irritant effect and all the uh, carcinogens and uh, increased uh, toxins that are produced and inhaled uh, from the burning of, like, you know, essentially grass. Um, any, any combustible, uh, you know, anything, anytime you inhale combustible material, you are inhaling a ton of particulate matter. So, um, you know, in the long run, you're actually making your asthma worse, but you temporarily feel better as well. Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly um, what I've read as well, and which is interesting because, as you mentioned, patients who have potentially asthma, um, they initially do feel better, and and there's some kind of um, there's historically people have talked about patients using hemp, and this is many years ago where um, they might boil hemp for patients who are having asthmatic attacks, and this is kind of type of not like medicine, but um, back in the day, just to try and relieve it. But as you mentioned, um, it's actually worse because you end up getting deep, the carcinogens and the um, irritants deeper into the lungs. So it ends up affecting, actually, in, in some studies showing that the um, effects on lungs can be worse than even smoking, for example, tobacco. Because yeah, of the deeper yeah. lung, pre- yeah, the deeper lung penetration, um, and the, I think the other thing to note here as well is we talk a lot about secondhand smoke from tobacco, but this is also something that we have to think about now. Legalization, especially in Canada and Ontario, is that as you mentioned, your walk to work, mine as well. There's many times where I can smell the marijuana around me, and I just think about um, you know children who are consistently being exposed to that, even just walking outside, and and you know what are the long term effects of that on their not only developing brain, but also on their lungs. 
Mm -hmm. And the other, you know, uh, common thing that I see, uh, especially now that I actually ask for it, is in chronic urticaria patients. Uh, you know, chronic urticaria are hives that you have for more than six weeks. And in, uh, you know, some of my patients, uh, when you ask them the actual question, do you smoke marijuana? There are cannabinoid receptors on mast cells. Uh, these are the cells that cause the hives. So when you smoke uh, marijuana, it can actually make hives worse. Um, and that's, I think, an under-recognized phenomenon that uh, people uh, probably encounter but don't realize. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, you know, I think just we, we've talked a bit about um, the fact that you can have oral allergy symptoms. You can also have asthma-type symptoms. Um, you can have things like hay fever-type symptoms with it. And as I mentioned, there you can actually have anaphylaxis or has been a few reports of it. Um, and interestingly, I mean, I don't know how much we get into biological therapy here, but um, there was a person that was reported, a police officer actually, who had um, developed sensitization. So they were allergic to cannabis, but it was such a part of their job that eventually they were actually desensitized using um, like Zolaire. So that's, that was a really interesting, interesting case. Yeah. So I think, you know, now that it's something that's so commonly found um, in our environment, um, I'm not really sure what our next steps are, but it's shown that even just having walking to work or even having it exposed to you, people who are sensitive can be you know, very much um, have really serious allergic reactions. Um, so I think it is something we need to think about. Yeah. Well, uh, anything else uh, you'd like to add, uh, Amira? Um, no, I think I think just, um, you know, for the people who are listening that are allergists, I think it's to know that um, there are, you can test for this by doing uh, prick to prick. So actually taking some of the bud and testing it on the patient, and it has quite a significant sensitivity of 92%. Um, but of, of course, the specificity is poor given that um, other plants have this uh, cross-reactivity protein. And, and now there's actually um, going to be a specific blood tests and IgEs towards hemp itself. So I think that's really interesting that now that it's such a common allergen that is emerging, you know, there are tests that can be done and, and blood tests that can be ordered for patients that you suspect it for. Um, and I think it is something that we have to think about now for uh, patients who are presenting with all types of hypersensitivity reactions. Yeah, so currently right now, you know, because it's hard to obtain a commercially available testing extract, it is best for patients to actually just bring in, uh, particularly like, uh, you know, I guess the best part, quote unquote, which is the bud uh, for the testing. Uh, you know, we promise we won't smoke it, but uh, we, we will use it to do the prick to prick testing. <laughs> That's a good um, point. So, yeah, yeah. If, you are, if you are suspecting that something that might be happening, it's definitely worth bringing to your, your allergist. Yeah. Good. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been playing with my little hacky sack, you know, uh, channeling my inner hippie as I'm doing this. Uh, but thank you very much, Amira, for uh, doing this and bringing, you know, this information to the light. You're very welcome. And thank you for everyone who's listening. <laughs>